Thanks so much for joining us. Right now, we're playing some of our best of episodes of our podcast, and we will be back with fresh content soon. Welcome to the Auburn UMC Clergy Conversations podcast. Each week, our pastors take an in-depth look at Scripture and preview their message for Sunday morning services. We're glad you joined us. For more information about Auburn UMC, please visit our website at aumc.net. Welcome to our conversations, and we are so glad that you joined us. Corey and I are here today with Joe Davis, who's a director of missions ministry. Uh, Kelly's away, uh, enjoying some well-deserved time off. Uh, and this is a special Sunday as we look at Palm Sunday and uh, what that means for us, what that means throughout Holy Week and just a lot of good reflections going on. And again, we're so glad to have Joe here as we um, talk about some of the things our church is doing as well. Um, Corey, would you like to read the scripture? Sure. So this Sunday is uh, beginning of Holy Week, and it's the first day where we step into this holy time. We begin with Palm Sunday. Throughout the week, there'll be a Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then Easter in two weeks. So um, today we're reading from Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 28. Um, I invite you to hear these words. After he said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage, and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he told them, and as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven, and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. This is God's word for us for this Palm Sunday. What a... uh, uh, hor- hor- horrible but ho- wonderful week. Right. <laughs> you know, I was thinking yeah. this is a holy week and it's a hard week because we move into this moment where Jesus is praised and then this moment where he's crucified. And yet, this day is set aside. It's kind of this culmination of his earthly ministry in the most beautiful way. I love it. Mm-hmm. Joe, you're a good theologian. <laughs> We're grateful you are here. <laughs> Joe leads us in very uh, spiritual and practical ways mission and ministry in our local community um, and our in our nation. It, he helps us with disaster relief as well. Joe helps us also with international ministry, which our church has been doing and been a part of for years. You've also helped our church develop three new next steps teams to kind of, yeah. you know, survey our area and think about our mission action plan and how we move forward. You also are deeply in grained in scripture and I love how you lead and how you read. And as you hear of Jesus, 
kind of bringing the culmination of his ministry to this moment of Palm Sunday. Are there some thoughts that kind of bubble up for you? And I think back to, uh, to Luke 4, when Jesus first started his ministry, and how he had been baptized, he'd gone to the desert for his 10, 40 days of temptation, and he comes out of that, and the first place he goes is back home to Nazareth, yeah. mm-hmm. to the synagogue, and they hand him, or he asks for the scroll of Isaiah 61. Yeah. And, he's, and he says, prophetically, this is, this, is my, this is what my ministry is going to be all about. Yeah. And it's stuff like, I'm gonna, I've been anointed by the Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be about recovery of sight for the blind, um, setting captives free. Um, that was the kind of stuff Jesus said he was going to do. And we get to this part in Luke's story, and it turns out, he wasn't joking. You know? <laughs> yes, and people are excited. People are yeah. amazed. They're they're they can't help but just cry out because they've seen, they've experienced God's goodness. Yeah, they've they've been fed physically. Mm-hmm. You know, they've their brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. Somebody's knows somebody who's been healed. Yes, and uh, you know, people have been raised from the dead. I mean, it's it's a very um, physical, very material, very real life salvation that's coming and they can't help but mm-hmm. but wonder what's next. And we know it's they have some expectations that don't get fulfilled about what Jesus is going to do next. No one really quite understands that he's going to the cross. But yeah. um, it's a wonderful, it's just a wonderful scene to picture that crowd all around Jesus just praising God for the for the things that they they've seen God do in their life. Mm. Charles, I know there's so many images that come to my mind as I hear this. I mean, I think about the the idea. I love how Luke's gospel is structured. It's a, it's it's one of those very logically laid out moments where Jesus tells us this is what I'm going to do, and he does it. And then it, you can almost it's like he saw before everyone else saw that moment when he would come over the mountain and and over the hill down through the you know Mount of Olives with this crowd of people. And I love what Luke writes. He uses the word. Um, as he was now approaching the path of the, of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples, this is not just 12. Right. <laughs> this is the whole pilgrimage of, from Galilee and others, um, like you were saying. What are some thoughts that come to your mind? I think, I mean, building on what Joe said so so beautifully and wonderfully and what you said about it being a holy week and a hard week, yeah. um, my thought is just that Jesus had been announcing the kingdom of God and telling the kingdom of God, and there were signs of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. but it's almost if, as if that in this moment he was embodying the kingdom of God and mm-hmm. would do so on the cross and, yeah. and, and beyond as well. It's almost like he had been telling this and, and showing signs. But then uh, this was the, you know, the embodiment of it. And I almost thought, you know, I always think of uh, sports stories, but I almost thought, um, you know, it's almost like, a, you know, he, all along he was kind of telling the game plan uh-huh. and he was doing it. But now it was time to, to put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one thing to, you know, be able to talk about it, but it's another thing to, to put our, our faith into practice and, mm-hmm. and do that. Um, and somebody said that, you know, it, it's easy to put our, our cloaks down and celebrate those high and holy times. Um, but are we also willing to, to follow to the cross and, mm-hmm. um, and those moments of, of darkness, those moments of difficulty? Yeah. I, I think about this blend of 
uh, followers, this multitude of disciples, and disciples means followers, people mm -hmm. who follow Jesus, willing to learn from him. Sometimes, you know, we all have stories from our past, Joe. Sometimes there's a mix of, well, these are the ones who probably said crucify him, but there's a lot of research and biblical study that says that's probably not the case. <laughs> These were followers of Jesus, and there were a lot of pilgrims in Jerusalem. And it could be that there was a sense of that. But as you think about this, is there anything else, that any any other biblical or theological thought that comes to your mm -hmm. mind? Is there is there shouting? I, There's plenty of shouting in the Bible, but uh, <laughs> that wasn't what was coming to mind. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think I've I've heard some some good teaching on this about. Uh, you know, that there was, and probably from, from Charles or, or from you, Corey, about how there were two pilgrimages that day. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. How you had Jesus coming in on a donkey. Yeah. And uh, you have that funny scene where they just, you know, they go and take a donkey and they just say, the Lord needs it. <laughs> well, yeah, I always love that. One of those, there's got to be something about that that, yes. that I, it's too deep for me to comprehend. But um, I think about how there's Jesus coming in on a, on a donkey. Uh, and then at the same time, the Romans are coming to town. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Romans are coming to watch over this Passover celebration, mm -hmm. to kind of have some extra security on hand in case anything gets right. gets crazy, and uh, they're coming in on war horses. Right, um, they're coming in with all the the pomp and you know circumstance of yeah. of an empire. That's right. And we see the the contrast between Jesus's you know ragtag group of disciples who have been who are blind and now they see and. Uh, you know, there's people, people of the backwoods, people from Galilee yeah. coming to town and with their leader on a donkey versus, you know, all of the, the, the power of Rome coming in at the same time in a different part of the city. It's just, it's just a contrast between the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and the kingdoms of this world and how um, one operates on healing and love and goodness and the other operates on, on violence and fear. Yeah, uh, and so I, I always think about that contrast with Palm Sunday of how we're called to follow that kingdom uh, of God in this world, where we still see we don't have the Roman Empire, but there, we still have that sense of empire, that spirit of empire that we have to discern between: Are we following Jesus's way uh, with this ragtag group from Galilee, uh, or are we trying to seek the the power of Rome in some way? Yeah. Um, so there's this humility versus versus power dynamic that's going on in the story. Yeah. When I think it's uh, Dominic Crossan, who, who, the, the theologian who kind of helped us remember that part of the, the historical week, context, the historical context mm -hmm. of the two parades. And that, that has helped me <clears throat> think about that week and think about that, especially Palm Sunday. Charles, I know you have preached on this before, but thinking about the shiny armor and the big war horses versus the, the cult that had never been ridden, who, I, when I think about that, it sounds like it's going to be a buck and bronco. But right. this is a this is a calm, very humble moment uh, where Jesus comes in on peace, mm -hmm. rides in on peace. Right, and the, right, and the cult, uh, the the donkey is really the a symbol of peace. Mm -hmm. And so, just as Joe described that, um, that there's the parade of war horses and chariots, and you know. Uh, this display of, of, of power going on and, and really of war, then uh, Jesus comes in on the symbol of, of peace. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love in this moment that in, in many ways is, again, the beginning of Holy Week and the beginning of this, you know, climax of, of the story uh, that we see, you know, the unlikely 
instruments of, of praise of a, of a donkey mm -hmm. um, symbolizing peace and then even of stones there yeah. um, that God has a way of using unlikely instruments for praise and for bringing about the, mm -hmm. the kingdom uh, as well um, and there's you know some thought of the reasons that the some of the Pharisees were trying to quiet them is say you're taken away from what's going on mm -hmm. over here and I love that statement that if they were silent, even the stones would, would cry out. It's almost like God is at work, whether we can see it, uh, hear it, perceive it. God is at work. And, uh, you know, it's, it's our choice to join in or, yeah. you know, or, or be distracted or choose other other things as well. So That's a great, I think that's a good truth, that the idea that our call is to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And notice where God is at work. And I think about the stones crying out and how they can, it's like creation is yearning yeah. for the very presence of God and, and knows the truth, you right. know. Mm -hmm. And so I think about that. It's a beautiful statement. When I think about all that's happening this week in our church, there's this moment where we all have the opportunity to be a part of this Palm Sunday parade this week. And we all have this opportunity in Holy Week to go through the stations of the cross, to walk the labyrinth, to continuing our devotionals that have been created to come to special services like Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. And we get an opportunity to help those um, who are the least and the last and who've experienced something difficult in life. And Joe, you've been so good at helping us with our, it's our forgive our debts offering. We've right. been praying that beautiful prayer that Jesus taught us and also giving to that. Can you just remind us a minute about what that means? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. For the past several weeks, we've been, taking a special offering during this season of Lent that is going to go towards medical debt forgiveness here in East Alabama. And we're partnered with several uh, other local churches who are also doing similar things. And we're all working together with, with our hospital to say, you know, if we can raise this certain amount of money, that, that money will go to forgive the debts of people right here in, uh, in Lee County and Chambers County and this whole kind of five, six, seven county area. Yeah. Um, and every dollar that we give towards this campaign forgives $50 in medical debt. And uh, for me, I link it back to, again, Luke 4, where Jesus is telling his disciples what he's going to do. And it's all about setting people free. Yeah. And I love that that image because debt is, debt is like a, a burden. It's like a chain on, on folks and, and holds them back from so many real-life opportunities. Uh, it, it impacts their health in negative ways. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just a whole layer of, of impacts when someone is in medical debt and stuck in that cycle. And to think that we have this opportunity to, to help break that cycle is, is a wonderful opportunity for us to live into what Jesus is, mm -hmm. is doing right here and right now in our community. Um, I imagine that same crowd of people um, coming down the mountain with Jesus. Yeah. And I think we can be a part of another crowd that's going to get a, a letter in the mail that says your medical debt has been forgiven. Um, and I can think of the praise that that, that is going to be, yeah. that they're going to share when they get that letter. Um, so I'm excited that we get to have this opportunity to give towards this Forgive Us Our Debts Medical Debt Forgiveness campaign. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. I mean, I think it's such a beautiful sign of God's love. The fact that we can say, you know, we are all, we're doing this because of our love for God and our love for you. Loving God, Absolutely. loving our neighbor. Absolutely. And, Thank you. I appreciate your leadership, Joe, and I'm grateful for this opportunity we have in this Holy Week to make such an impact and Absolutely. to be a part of 
uh, a good crowd of folks. Yeah, yeah, it's um, all. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. So um, why don't we close in prayer today? Let us pray. Holy God, you have been with us and you journey with us through these um, important days of holiness where we love you and holiness where we love our neighbor. And we pray that you would guide and bless us as we seek to be a part of all that you long to do in bringing healing and hope and freedom and help and salvation to this world. Guide and bless us in these holy days. We pray in your name. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Clergy Conversations with Auburn United Methodist Church. Check back next week for our next episode. For more information about Auburn United Methodist Church, please visit our website at aumc.net.